When I was a little girl, four or five years old, I remember playing with my girlfriend at the foot of some big trees. We were playing fairies with acorns and twigs and moss. The trees had big knees or roots, and we were nestled in them. My playmate had to go inside for a moment, and I was alone. It was very quiet, and I could hear the low buzz of the insects and the wind in the trees. And the light from the sun was filtering down, kind of almost like drapes. And you could see little dust motes floating in, uh, from the warm day. And I was aware of the massive tree trunk behind me. And I kind of leaned back. And I looked up through the branches and uh, leaves of this enormous canopy. And I found the sky. And I remember being filled with just happiness and wonder. And I, I wasn't afraid at all. This is a very old memory. Yet it has stayed with me all my life. And maybe you have an old memory sort of like mine from your childhood. I'm not the kind of person who has really good uh, recall for events and moments. And I'm sort of the kind that's more prone to remember facts. So this particular kind of memory is rare for me. And to this day I can tell you what was such a profound feeling. It was a feeling of reverence. I felt wonder, I was part of nature, and it was grand and mysterious and marvelous. The Ecology of Reverence is the title of my sermon, and it sounds kind of presumptuous. Um, Ecology is more of a learned scientific term, and And reference is a word that's usually associated with religious practice. And it's kind of out of vogue with our modern life. But I came to this title as I was thinking about the interplay with reverence and daily life. Um, Reverence doesn't just happen at church. And some of the most profound times that I've experienced reverential feelings have been inexplicably during ordinary moments. Ecology, the study of the environment and the way that plants and animals and humans live together and affect each other, is one definition. But it has grown to mean the things in an environment that affect each other and are dependent on each other to exist, to make happen. Reverence can be experienced through music, in the presence of sacred spaces. It can can happen in powerful emotional moments like birth. Um, It can be out in the natural world. But the ecology of reverence requires an open, expansive, unguarded emotional state. So what is reverence? Paul Woodruff, who's a modern expert on it, says that reverence is an ancient emotion 
that survives among us in half-forgotten patterns of civility, in moments of inarticulate awe. He goes on to say that reverence begins in a deep understanding of human limitations, and from this grows the capacity to be in awe of whatever we believe lives outside our control. God, truth, justice, nature, even death. Reverence requires us to maintain a sense of the difference between the knowable and the unknowable in the human condition. Reverence is an emotion that is sometimes triggered by awe, the wow factor. Like in the children's story today, we had two pictures. One of a huge pile of debris from Hurricane Sandy and the other of bolts of lightning from a thunderstorm. Both of these pictures inspire a sense of awe. The trash mountain picture is one that inspires practical questions. What will we do with all of that? I wonder if there's anything valuable in it. Where will they move dispose of it? Does it stink? The emotion around it is one of curiosity and maybe some pragmatism, dealing with results and solutions. Yet the second picture calls to mind the terrifying crack of thunder that we feel in our chests. It also elicits that prickly feeling on our arm hair standing up, and maybe the temporary loss of sight from the blinding bolts of energy. The emotion it inspires can be fear or exhilaration. A thunderstorm highlights the interplay, the thermodynamics of the atmosphere. Scientists study thunderstorms and are fascinated by their strength yet we still lack the ability to control them, even with all the scientific knowledge available. It's just not possible. We just have to stay out of the way, if possible, and let them wash over us and be safe. They are so awe-inspiring that cultures for millennia have created gods to explain them. Thor and what's the other one? Um, when humans are challenged by something we believe to be uncontrollable or unknowable, it fosters a deep understanding of human limits. And from the realization of these human limits comes reverence. We are not in control, but a part of something bigger, Nature, God, the interconnectedness of the universe, of a great mystery. Reverence reminds us that we are human and not God. It is a a virtue, if practiced, that prevents us from trying to act like gods. From the hubris of saying, we know the mind of God. I found it interesting when I was reading Paul Woodruff's book on reverence that he says what I have felt for a long time about Gnosticism. For Gnostics, the existence of the divine is really beyond all human capacity for knowing. If you think about this, it is a profoundly reverential view. 
It shows respect for the unknowable and ineffable conundrum of divinity. Woodruff says, True reverence does not kill heretics or unbelievers. Reverence knows the limits of human knowledge and never presumes to represent literally the mind of God. I believe that the emotion of reverence is a gateway to all the other virtues. When you experience reverence, it connects you to your higher aspirations and dreams. It's um, almost a reset. Limitless possibilities present themselves. We are challenged to be better. The contemplation of reverential feelings leads us to better understand our motives and drives and connects us to this higher ideal. It gives us a reason to act in a way that our inner voice tells us to. I picked reverence because I think it is poorly understood and has become a word that has become outmoded. We have let conservative religions claim reverence as theirs. Reverence takes us to the boundaries of our understandings and challenges our imagination. The call to our heart from these rare moments of reverence makes us stretch ourselves to be more patient, more empathetic, more compassionate and loving. Reverence lets us see the wonder of life and how precious it is and lets, it see it, lets us see it in the faces of others. And I believe reverence leads us to the respect for the inherent worth and dignity of every human being. And this is why I feel that it's a gateway feeling. All the other virtues come from this initial leap of revelation. Furthermore, I see reverence as being more a feeling for community and not solely the purview of religion. A moral and ethical life is lived exactly because of the sense of specialness of other human beings and the mystery of aliveness. A secular humanist intuitively has the sense of reverence for the shortness of the human lifespan and the difficulty of our human struggles, knowing that death is the end point so that the focus is on the betterment of the human condition. We can all imagine religion without reverence. We see it all the time, where religion leads people into aggressive wars of violence. They do it by saying they know the mind of God, that they have an in with the divine, and that the divine leads them to exterminate, persecute, and judge. If a religious group thinks it speaks and acts as God commands, this is a failure. This is irreverence. It is a diminishment of the divine. It is a diminishment of God. And you can imagine a life without reverence is brutish, harsh, arrogant, and untouched by imagination and beauty. For many people, natural wonders 
like the Grand Canyon or the Great Smoky Mountains or vast oceans or wonderful panoramic natural vistas are touchstones for that sense of wonder, of reverence. This is why it's so important to protect these natural wonders, both within nature and within ourselves. They call to our better selves. They elevate our thinking. They give us a more holistic view. They give a sense of destiny and deep time. Humankind has also constructed some wondrous spiritual spaces that highlight the awesomeness of the mystery of our existence, like Stonehenge or the Sphinx or some of the great cathedrals of Europe. The arts, music, poetry, and literature, and even some science, many times can bring us to the feelings of reverence. I want to call your attention to the picture of the earth taken from space called the blue marble. It's what's on this thing in front of the piano. This is one of the most widely distributed photographic images in existence. The blue marble was taken on December 7, 1972 by the crew of Apollo 17 spacecraft. This was the first time humankind had, to see, had the ability to see our planet from space, to see how delicate and beautiful our planet appears. It has caused many people to experience reverence and to realize how small our Earth is in this enormous universe. And you'll find this photograph in many sacred places, in many Unitarian churches, in many um, houses of worship. Max Planck said in his book, Where is Science Going?, that science enhances the moral value of life because it furthers a love of truth and reverence. Love of truth displaying itself in the constant endeavor to arrive at a more exact knowledge of the world of mind and matter around us. And reverence because every advance in knowledge brings us face to face with the mystery of our own being. Childhood is usually the first time when we first experience a sense of wonder and joy of the natural world. Many times, that is when reverence is first felt. A starry night, a raging thunderstorm, a gorgeous full moon. An inarticulate sense of wonder and awe, tinged with a bit of fear, leads to the realization, I am so small and the world is so big. A child is prepped by their budding awareness of the wild world to experience reverence just like I did. They are more open and trusting. They live in the moment. The world is already so enormous. Its limits are not known. Religion is not necessary. This is how I was, unchurched. I had not even started school yet. I couldn't read either. The startling aliveness of the trees and insects was outside of me. It existed whether I was there or not. I was not necessary for the tree to be, to exist. When I left to go home, the trees and insects, wind and squirrels and fairies would go on their way. As we age, it gets harder to be open to reverence 
to experience those unguarded emotional states where awe and reverence reside. It is easy in our busy lives to miss opportunities for reverence. Spiritual practices, which include meditation and availing ourselves of nature, indulging in laughter and a well-examined life, can help to foster the possibility of reverential feelings. But I wonder, why are humans wired to experience this reverence? What is the purpose of the emotion? It is an odd behavior for the survival of the species. Why are we wired to perceive it? Unless it is there to help us, to spur us on to continue to grow morally, to create, to evolve. The famous 20th century Unitarian Universalist minister, A. Pal Davies, said, Life must have its sacred moments and its holy places. We need the infinite, the limitless, the uttermost, all that can give the heart a deep and strengthening peace. So reverence is an ancient emotion, one that guides us to developing a worldview constructed of ethical and moral values. Reverence is at the core of our reasons for acting in accordance with that inner voice. The contemplation of reverence leads us to a better understanding of our motives and drives and helps us to connect with that higher ideal. This produces a profound connectedness to our environment, to others, to animals. A glorious wholeness expands to include all of you a feeling of being part of the mystery. The wonder of it is transformative, affecting all parts of your life. And so I call to you to be open to reverence by noticing the marvelous complexity of existence that surrounds you, by seeing how to be a better version of yourself, by taking comfort in the mystery of being, and by doing your part to push the boundaries of society in a more just direction. Just be that young child. Hear the buzz of life around you. Feel the wondrous presence of nature about you. Look to the heavens and find the limitless sky. Let happiness and wonder fill your spirit. And let the mystery of this life wash over you. Blessed be.